Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome in, Beamaz and Beamer and Elvis again. And uh, Beamer and Elvis not with me today. It's just me, Brian Mesorowski, on WBEN for the next hour or so. Uh, Joe Beamer's on uh, coming up in about an hour, 10 o'clock, in for David. We... Uh, I mean, got a lot to get to today. How Did you see this story? Oh, which, by the way, first, before I even begin with that, I was, you know, we're, we're going through the news, we're doing our stories, and then, you know, every once in a while we hit a story and something just kind of hits me. And that happened today. We were playing uh, some of the highlights from last night, Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final. Uh, the Lightning one, it's 2-1 to one Avs in that series. They play again. Uh, game four is tomorrow night. And we're doing that, and it hit me. I'm like, what? what are we doing? We're still playing hockey. And if the series goes seven games, it goes till June 28th. You'll be playing hockey till the end of June. I mean, the season started. It's nine months long this season. Like, what's going on? I can't figure it out for the light. Like, why does it need to be nine months out of the year? Who's thinking about hockey right now? Aside from the 11-day power play. That's a summer event, though. That's a summer community event. Professional hockey does not need to be nine months. That season started in October. And I'm just, like, thinking about this. Like, what... I can't even remember October. I mean, what did the world look like in October? It was a completely different world. <laughs> I mean, October is when it started. Jack Eichel was still on the Sabres. And then he left. And then he had a neck surgery. And then he came back and lost. And then got bounced from the playoffs. All within the confines of one season. There was we were all living our lives and then there was a mask mandate and then that was lifted all since hockey began and is still going. You went to Sabres games, you went to games, and then you uh, there was a vaccine mandate and then that was lifted and then there were still people going to, all within the confines, right, of one season. It's kind of crazy. Nine months, they're still going. October, I can barely remember the start of the season. 
and the Sabres will be with us before we know it again, and uh, the season isn't over yet. But that's what I was thinking this morning. We're playing some of those uh, highlights. Kellogg's announcing that it's going to split itself into three independent companies. I know this is like a new thing that people are Johnson and Johnson did this. They said, um, you know, this is like six months ago. They announced that they're going to split into two separate companies, uh, Johnson and Johnson. Now, but Kellogg's uh, saying it's going to split itself into three companies. Taking a look at uh, what's happening, they're going to do a cereal and then plant-based business, um, a bunch of other business. I didn't know. I don't know where Pop Tarts falls in. Does that fall into the cereal business? But it got me thinking of I miss eating cereal almost as much as anything. That's one of the big things when I was like, all right, got to get sugar out, cut back sugar in the diet. You got to get rid of cereal because cereal is just, I mean, it's so much sugar. But I would eat cereal for dinner. I'd eat cereal for lunch. Uh, huge bowls of cereal for breakfast. Love almost all of it. What's your favorite? If you want to join me in any way uh, throughout the morning, 803-0930, 803-0930 here on WBEN. I love uh, Cocoa Krispies. That's one of my favorites. I think that's a Kellogg. Yeah, that is a Kellogg cereals, not the Cocoa Pebbles. There's a big difference. Cocoa Krispies, Cocoa Puffs, Lucky Charms, Frosted Mini Wheats, Apple Cinnamon Cheerios, Regular Cheerios. I And then I start eating a lot of this stuff again because my son eats it now. So we'll do Cheerios for him for breakfast. You know, first it was the milk. We never had milk in the house. Um, you know, we might have every now and then, but I, I didn't really drink milk a lot. I used to drink milk all the time. I never really drink it. It's more used uh, if we need it for cooking or something like that. Now that you know, we have my son, whole milk all the time. I'm eating it all the time. But now, you know, you want some cereal in the morning. And, yeah, I'm right there with them. Oh, I'm pouring you cereal. I guess I'm back on the cereal wagon. Uh, just Cheerios, the regular Cheerios. They're not a sugary cereal. But still, you know, I'm back at the huge bowls of cereal. It is um, probably one box will last two sittings with me that's how much I can eat in just one uh one sitting and then he gets a little bit of the leftovers someone's saying frosted flakes all right that's a good one Cheerios iced tea is on the back of my Cheerios box and what a career for that guy to go from some of that music he was releasing in the early 90s to now warning me about heart disease on the back of my Cheerios that's an impressive turn not many people have that change in uh and to Cinnamon Toast Crunch on the text board, uh, 803-0930. You can text in, too, as well as call. Uh, that one getting a lot of love. I love that one. The milk after four bowls. <laughs> it's, it's just sugar. It's, you're drinking sugar water is what you're drinking. Uh, but, yeah, cereal on the top of my uh, brain now. I might go out and get a box after this. And then uh, what's going on federally? Well, the Biden administration considering a federal gas tax break. Is one way to give consumers relief from high gas prices. 
Here's to Rebecca Jarvis for more on what that could mean. The administration says a national gas tax holiday is on the table. It would save drivers an estimated $70 million a day, according to Gas Buddy. Given the average consumption, if you drive a pickup truck, you might save about $5.52 a week. It's $2.94. If it's a full-size car, $2.21. If it is a compact car, of course, that adds up over time. But it would also require congressional approval. And there's the other side of this. It would take money away from infrastructure as the gas tax goes to pay for our roads and bridges. So there's Rebecca Jarvis, and that was brought up. We did a, a couple of interview segments mentioning this gas tax. And the big question that I have is what's the decision? I, if you're the president, I don't care what party, what, you know, we have gas prices at a record high, and they're putting before you the option to suspend part of the federal gas tax. What's there to think about? Why pick now and this as your reason to be uh, all of a sudden stingy and we can't spend any money? That doesn't seem like that would fit in. We've been spending money on everything for years, and now we're going to pump the brakes when it comes to gas? Well, as you heard Rebecca Jarvis say right there, and this was pointed out, well, the gas tax money goes to roads and bridges and some of those products. Uh, projects, excuse me. Dave Leventhal earlier this morning said, well, the suspension of the gas tax could mean that a road in somebody's district doesn't get repaved. And my answer to that is, well, just use some other money. We always seem to do it with everything else. So something tells me we can find it to be able to continue to do roads and bridges. Uh, you can take the money from somewhere else. I think we have it. But that's not it. The president also expected to make a decision on federal student loan forgiveness soon. President Biden considering expunging at least $10,000 per borrower. Okay, so $10,000 in student loan forgiveness per borrower. And this is what I want some input on. Uh, today, and uh, you can have that coming in, aside from your cereals, 803-0930. Uh, $10,000 per borrower, what would that do? Well, an analysis by the Fed found that sort of forgiveness would result in about 11.8 million borrowers. That's about 31% of people who have student loans having their entire balance eliminated. It would also result in about $321 billion in student loans being forgiven if you were to give $10,000 off of a loan payment per person who has that amount of money in outstanding loans. So $321 billion we're talking about here. All of a sudden, the federal gas tax doesn't sound all that expensive to the government. $11.8 million could have their entire balance eliminated. So where do you fall on this? Eliminating student loan debt, or at least $10,000 of it. I think it's an interesting discussion to have. Um, well, first, let's look at the immediate impact this could have. Um, payments on federal student loans are paused, and they remain paused until August 31st. So when we're talking about the immediate impact, I, I guess the idea is, and this is where you get a little push and pull, 
the idea is, well, this isn't the same as a stimulus check where you're just putting money in people's pockets. Now, that is and isn't true for some people because for some people it very much is. If you're going to forgive their student loan payment, that means that they're not paying, what, three, four, five hundred $500 a month in some cases, and that's money back in your bank account. I mean, it might as well be giving out a check to uh, people, which uh, the Fed might not look kindly on. They're trying to raise interest rates to cool inflation. And I don't know about you, but if I'm, you know, 20 something years old, heck, if I'm right now and you're telling me that I'd have uh, all of a sudden three, four, five hundred dollars freed up in money that's not committed to go anywhere anytime soon, I'm probably not saving all that. Uh, a bit more is going to be handed out into the economy. But that's not going to be true for everybody because for some people, it might not make that big of a difference at all. For over two years, there's been a pause on student loan repayments where student loans have not gained interest. You have not had to pay back or make a payment on that loans uh, loan basically since the beginning of COVID back in March of 2020. So for over two years, for many borrowers, they haven't had a student loan debt to worry about at all because they haven't paid it back. No harm, no foul. If I, if I can't see it, it's not happening. And that's basically what it's been like for over two years. And who knows, maybe longer. It's paused right now until the end of August. That could go on and on and on. We've seen it being extended more and more and more. So what would the immediate impact be? I think it um, is a little unclear. You're not exactly putting money right in people's pockets. But at the same time, um, for others, it might not have that immediate impact because for a lot of people who graduate, if you graduated college within the last two years, you have not had to pay that loan back yet. So you're not going to notice that much of an impact. But what about the greater idea of not having these loans anymore, of wiping out student debt? 8030930 is where some people are weighing in on the tax board. You can also give me a call, 8030930. And this is the probably the most common thing that I see. Uh, someone just texted in, tell them to get a job. I work three minimum wage jobs to pay for my college and vehicles. They can do it too. And that's probably the most common sentiment that I see in response to uh, paying back student loans. And the, what I say to uh, those people is congratulations, way to go, graduating college, uh, working those jobs, working hard to pay off college. What I would say is in large part, that's not something that can be done anymore. For many colleges and universities, the cost has become so inflated, the cost of attending these colleges, that that option of working a job on the side after you're out of school to then pay your way through college isn't there the way that it used to be. Now, that's not true for everything, right? Um that's, you know, there's community college options where that might be true. 
you can still maybe do that. There are some more affordable options where uh, maybe that is. But the college that you're told to strive for, right, ever since you're eight years old for some of these kids, you're not necessarily working your way through college anymore. The cost of college is not what it was when a lot of people who say that, I worked my way through, graduated. It's just not the same. Uh, the other response is uh, what happened here. You know, oh, my son just graduated in May. We paid his loans. I don't know why other people can't make a payment. Well, not everybody is able to pay off their kids' loans. <laughs> not every student is lucky enough to have mom and dad come through and say, we got it covered for you, son. So what do you do? I have a great deal of sympathy for kids who, I'll just say it, are dumb, who have been told their entire lives that you have to go to a good college and get a good job, and really that's what's been implanted, and maybe now the sea is starting to turn on that just a little bit. Maybe now uh, parents are starting to push their kids toward other options. But the refrain in school, every classroom you went to, and for most parents, you got to go to college. You have to uh, do that to be able to get a good job. That's what you have to do. You got to do this. You got to do this. You're told that all your life, and then you're told at 18, all right, you got into this college. This is how much it costs. Don't worry about it. Just sign this paper. You can go to college. It's not a big deal. You'll, it's a loan. You'll have to pay it back eventually, but you know, low interest. You'll be able to do it. You'll get a job. Sure. I have a great deal of sympathy for kids who at 17, 18 years old are being pushed that narrative their entire life. Then when you're right, then when you are not at all ready for that kind of commitment and to take on that kind of debt, you have the papers right in front of you. You sign it. You agree to it. You have no idea what you're doing most of the time. And you go about, and then at the end of the day, it's like, wow, what happened here? I was sold you know, a good job out of college, and it's not covering my bill just to pay for the school that I went to. Now, however, there's a difference between that and this headline in Insider, which I think is just ridiculous. Meet a medical school graduate with over $360,000 in student loans. He says $10,000 forgiveness wouldn't make a difference for people in his position. Well, there has to be some sort of balance, right? Between feeling sorry for the situation I described and this person who took out over a quarter million dollars in debt, at what point do you say, um, hang on, this isn't making sense? At what point do you lose that sympathy? 803-0930, we'll head to the phones. Uh, Tim in Buffalo. Tim, you're on WBEN. Uh, I mean, do you have that same sympathy for some of these kids going into college? That's, you know, what they're told to do their entire life. And, you know, at 17 years old, they're, you know, put these loans in front of them. I don't think most of them know what it means. No, absolutely not. I had two kids and uh, I, I, my dad, when I went to school and stuff, I, I didn't have a silver spoon. He was a factory worker. I grew up in Rochester. I've been in Buffalo for many, many years, but they, um, we have a beautiful state system here, 
And, uh, you know, I went to community college, okay? I, I ended up becoming a physician. Uh, but I paid my way all the way through. But I went to community college, and then I went to UB, and then I ended up going to a uh, medical school in Philly. But beside that, my kids, I remember my daughter saying, oh, Dad, I want to go down to uh, some private uh, uh, Christian school down in Kentucky. It's so nice, this and that. I said, listen, I saved some money for your kids. And I did. I was a good steward. And I, I saved money. I go, this is it. And, uh, okay, Dad, I guess I'm not going. No, you're not. You're going to Fredonia. And I and I disagree with that. These kids, they go to all these beautiful schools. They look great to campuses. And uh, they don't know what their heads up, you know, where. They have no concept. I blame the parents and the kids. The tail is wagging the dog. And they have these goofy um, uh, whatever. They come out with no real skills, okay? So I'm a big proponent of doing uh, the trades and stuff like that. Everyone can't do that, but I am. And I would never. I'm a grandpa now and stuff like that. But I think it's wrong for our government to do it. We have too much debt as it is. And if they got to work for a year or two and they go to community college and help save the money, if they want to go to that, that's fine. But there's no way that we should have to pay for that back. I'm sorry, 10000 no 10000 no. I paid for all my way, and it does you good. Tim, yeah, Tim, let me just um, uh, a couple questions for you before I let you go. One of which is, do you think we're starting to turn it a little bit? Because what you described, you know, community college, there's a lot of people chiming in on the text board of uh, learning a trade. I think just now that's starting to become a reality. I think for a lot of kids, they're just not told at all that that's a good option for them. I mean, it's one of two things. It's go to college or join the military. And I, I'm trying to think back to my high school graduation I don't think anybody walks across that stage, aside from maybe two people, uh, where it was said, hey, they're joining the workforce. It just wasn't seen as an option. Right, right. I, I, I agree with that. But I think it's, it's, it's up to the, the parents. The reality is back then, it was quite a bit different. It was different, and things are. But they have, cha- they have changed. I think you do have to sit down and say, hey, wait. But even say, even if I'm going to go to a, quote, a state school, um, the reality is it's still that, okay? You have, to, you have to get start training these kids younger about their skill base. I know they, I think they did that in Europe years ago, but let's be honest about what do you, you can't figure it out, but start talking to kids. Start seeing what their skills are. Start to guide them about what they might be good at. I like that idea, Tim. Before I let you go, do you have a favorite cereal? Oh, <laughs> oh. Well, I used to like that uh, cinnamon toast crunch. I haven't had it in years. It's not good for me, but it's good. It's not good for you, but it tastes so good. Tim, thank you for the call. We'll be back here. Uh, I mean, what do you think about that? And I, everyone likes to blame the entire millennial, and that's how it goes. But parents in these cases, I mean, look at this kid. He's got over, a, what, a quarter million dollars in student loan debt? I mean, where are the parents' advice, you know, in this situation? Are they just saying, okay, go ahead, you got to go to college? Did no one tell this guy anything else? 803-0930, I'll be back here. BMAS and Beamer on WBEN. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All right. Let's uh, get it going here. We've been going. Brian Mazurowski here with you on BMAS and Beamer on WBEN. We're talking about... Student loan, this idea of student loan forgiveness, the uh, idea of being pitched around right now uh, that the president's supposedly considering $10,000 per borrower. Now, for me, that would be a real kick to the groin because uh, I just paid off <laughs> right when they said no one has to pay off their loans anymore. I said, you know what, uh, let me take this opportunity, no interest or anything like that. And uh, let me just get rid of it all. And let me make a, a pile together a bunch of money that I've had saved up and let's go. Out with the student loans. So I got rid of them then there, paid them off a couple of years ago. And little did I know that two years later, I still wouldn't have had to make a payment. And uh, maybe they would have been wiped off entirely from the president. So, you know, egg on my face. Shouldn't have done that. It's not like the uh, money would have been doing great in the stock market right now anyway. But what do you think? I mean, what is the way to approach this? I said uh, last segment, I have a lot of sympathy for people who have been told their entire life, you have to go to college, you have to go to a good school. It's parents who are pushing for this to happen. I don't blame it all on the borrower. I blame it a lot on parents, teachers, the uh, everyone who's in that system of saying, you got to go do this, you got to go do this. Then they're 17 years old. They're, all right, I got into the college. I, I got to go do this or else it's a total failure. And then, you know, they end up with these loans. Now, there's a difference between that and somebody who's paying a quarter million dollars uh, out in loans 
At what point do you say enough's enough and get your head out of the sand? Anthony, you're on WBEN. Uh, what are you thinking when this decision comes around, uh, the president's supposedly going to make of whether or not to forgive at least some of these student loans? Hello? Hello, Anthony. You're on the air. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, I was born in, in 94, so I guess that makes me millennial, right? Um, you know, as of right now, I have around $175,000 in federal student loan debt. So $10,000 is, a, you know, a drop in the bucket. Anthony, me. if I don't mind asking you, I mean, that is an insane amount of money. I know. What, what do you do? So, you know, I, well, you know, that paid for four years of undergrad and, and you know, three years of law school, too. And, you know, I, you know, I'm about to, you know, have a kid right now and I'm, you know, I'm getting paid. You know, as a you know first year associate, you know it's a it's a it's, it's a decent amount of money, but you know you know not as much as I as I really want as of right now. And you know, when we're in the middle of a recession, so you know when I hear a lot of these you know old timers right saying that you know oh you know the, you know it's about I, you know I'm about personal responsibility as well. You know you know that's my conservative background right there. But you know I I do think a lot of the um you know the the education system is is broken in terms of the inherent inflation or the inflated um, admission amount um, for private and public colleges alike. Um, you know, I, I always hear stories from my grandfather, you know, when he went to the same, same college as I did, Canisius College, it was around, you know, $1,000. Now it's around, you know, twenty twenty two thousand, And there's, and, and, you know, there, there's really no justification for that inflated, inflated price. And then, then we have to take out four years of student loans and, you know, and then uh, and I also blame the parents that, you know, the parents are, you know, like you said, pushing a lot of these, uh, you know, really good education, really good colleges. And then they and then these kids end up taking music or dance as their, as their major and nothing practical. So, you know, I, I just, I just want to give my two cents. Yeah. You, you know what? Look, before we go, let me ask you the question of when did it or did it ever transition i'm guessing you had that feeling too right i got to go to college i got to get a good job when do you feel that it became uh really self-motivated on your part to continue with education to strive for something rather than go do something else and say well i can do without um graduate school and all these other things that a career as an attorney would uh, you know require oh I, well i mean you know that was that was always my mindset because that's what I was always taught. You know, you know, the, you know, everyone always says that you know the the old high school degree is the new college degree. Now you have to get a four year undergrad degree even to be you know something in life. And you know now that you know the old college degree is now the new graduate degree. So now you have to and people are graduating with graduate degrees and then they're coming out without a job. You know, in the middle of a recession. So you know. I guess a lot of millennials like myself, and you know, I'm not speaking for everyone, but I can definitely say, you know, I know a lot of people who think like me, you know, and that we were taught this, you know, from when we were young, and that, and that we had to go to college. We were never really taught, hey, go to trade school, you know, go go be a garbage man for 90k a year. You know what I mean? We we really weren't taught that when we were young. Hey, Anthony, thanks for the call. Eight oh three oh nine thirty. If you want to jump on. So there's a few things that Anthony brings up that I think are important here. One is he mentions the inflated cost of a lot of these colleges. And I saw it when I went to college, for sure. I bring it up all the time here, right? What did I do in college? Now, I, I did learn, you know, some things. 
But I also listened to an old man blow into a didgeridoo for 30 minutes as part of a class on world music. I played hot cross buns on the recorder. Got an A. Did pretty good. But that was a college class that I did that for. And I did a whole bunch of other stuff I have no idea. But it was required. I had to do it to get that degree that I was told to do. Um, And, you know, I learned some things along the way. But if I had to cut out the fat, I would be cutting more than 50% of uh, the fat. So that inflated cost and everything, oh, we're offering this and that, and we have like a robust, I mean, I would go to the dining hall, there was 15 million different options for me to eat from. I mean, do you really need all of this? That is what is inflating the cost. If we got rid of student loans in their entirety, no one could take out a federal student loan. We ended it. You have to pay for college by yourself in actual money. I think you'd see a lot of colleges cut back because they'd say, well, all right, I guess we can't charge somebody $20,000 a semester because then nobody's going to come here and be able to afford it. Uh, And and that's one idea. The other thing you brought up is, you know, we're having the conversation that um, is not, I think it's becoming more and more common, but in a lot of households, you're not told about go and uh, community college, go to uh, learn a trade, enter the workforce, uh, do this or that. I think that's becoming a little more common. But at the end of the day, there is something to be said for you. We do need doctors. And we do need attorneys, fortunately or unfortunately, right? You do need these people to have these highly skilled jobs, and if it's costing over a quarter million dollars for just the education, you know, yeah, we can say for most people, go to a trade, go do one of these other things. You don't need to go to school for six years after high school, right? Um, you know, this inflated cost, I mean, you do need some of these people who are more highly skilled and who can't afford to pay off things right away. The loans build up and build up and build up, and eventually you find yourself in this extraordinary debt, and that's not good for anybody. So what do you make of that? Maybe you do away with loans, but you only will give a federal loan to somebody applying for graduate school. Maybe you'll give federal loans, but only to people applying for certain medical schools. Uh, There are different ways to think about this. 803-0930, Eight oh three oh nine thirty. Joe Beamer is joining me in the studio. Um, I I always think this is a, a very interesting conversation, Joe, because you know of all these points we've laid out, I feel sympathy for people who have a, a bunch of loans who are kind of told their entire life you have to go. Like the person just texted in, go to college if you don't want to become a physical wreck from pouring concrete for thirty years. That was the message he got from his father. I mean, people are told this again and yeah. again and again. Um, you know, they're, they're not necessarily told about other jobs and not everyone fits. Then you go to college and it's just enormously inflated. A lot of these universities, you're left with these big loans that you get into the workforce and they're not paying you enough to go after. So I do feel that at the same time. Yeah. I mean, when does it stop? Can I get my mortgage paid off since, uh, you know, $10,000 <laughs> right off there since I already paid back the loan? Uh, I, I mean, a loan is a loan. And you do have to learn that responsibility sometime. Well, 
you would think, and Brian, I could be wrong, I'm obviously not an economist, but you would think eventually colleges are going to price themselves out, right? Eventually, college, even with loans, is not going to be affordable for a majority of people. I mean, it's not affordable now if there wasn't for the loans. You would think eventually it's Unless you'd going have to get rid of the loans. No, and that's a great point. I'm just saying you think you would think eventually colleges are going to have to cut back. I mean, these prices for college are ridiculous with everything else now. And like you said, you know, people are told go to college and people a lot of people to this day go to college thinking I'm going to graduate making 70, 80,000 right off the bat. A few years into it, I'll be making six figures. I'll easily pay this off. I'm sorry to tell you, kids, that's not the real world. And I think people are really shocked when they do go into the workforce and realize, yikes, this is going to be more difficult to pay off than I thought. And I think, you know, it does take some understanding that things are not the way they used to be. Someone else saying, yes. uh, I started out the airlines making $24,000 a year. It was at the bottom. Worked 25 years to get to where I am now. Okay, that's great. Try making $24,000 a year right now. And tell me what you're going to buy. And are you going to be able to pay for your school and also... I don't know. Everything live else, yeah. With a roof over your head, yeah. No, no, not at all. You're not. So there has to be some way to kind of look at this. Uh, Kathy in South Buffalo, you're on WBEM. What are you thinking, Kathy? Well, I just kind of wonder. They pay. I did not go to college. I couldn't afford to. I went to work when I got out of high school. Um, I just wonder where all this money goes they i mean every student they're paying hundred thousands of dollars for a college education now i know you have to pay the professor and the buildings and the grounds and all that but after a while there has to be the the buildings are paid for mm -hmm. i mean how much do we pay these professors is there ever a spreadsheet Kathy, Kathy, it's all open, and you can see, and I would encourage people to do this because I think you would be stunned. Thank you for the call and bringing this up. You're not just paying the professors. You're paying the professors and now more professors to teach more classes. You're paying the deans and all the higher administration, and we keep adding new administrators for uh, you know this and that. Uh, uh, it's a, a diversity, but it's not diversity of the school. It's diversity of this department and that department and that department. Everyone needs to know administrator all these administrators and deans need people to send out press releases uh write their uh, speeches for them and they're making great salaries so you have that and that and oh, by the way health care and all these other things that come with it uh those buildings do get paid off and then once they're paid off we need a new building yeah. i walk on the my college campus which is should be an affordable suny school and it is like a new taj mahal is put up every two years you didn't need it Right. You just need a seat and a, and a bench and a plug for your computer. And if they're not building a new building, they are completely renovating another building. Right. Yes. I mean, it's, it's always something. I went to a, I mean, if you blink, you miss my campus. I went to a very small school. And let me tell you, they're always doing something. Since I left, they put a new gym. They've completely redone one of the buildings. It's, it's a nonstop. So, yeah, the buildings are paid off, but they're always doing some type of work on the grounds. It, it's again and again, and you can see where, and the class is added. Again, you know, I mentioned my didgeridoo. <laughs> I, I had to take that class to meet the general education requirement to be able to graduate yeah. and get that diploma at the end. There's no reason for that. 
There's no reason that should be a class for anybody. I took a class where I had to maintain a Twitter account. There was a class my <laughs> wife took where they laid on the floor and practiced their breathing. <laughs> this is college in America in 2022. Joe is in North Tonawanda. You're on WBEN. Um, Joe, uh, what do you think when we're talking about forgiving some of these student loans? Uh, well, th- that's like treating the symptom. The, the two bigger issues that need to be addressed is the schools have ginormous amounts of money in their endowment funds. That needs to be spent and dispersed amongst the students that owe different amounts of money on a regular basis, uh, you know, equitably, so that who's ever taken loans, we're going to divvy it up amongst them and and help them pay it down. There's no reason for a school to have a billion dollars in an endowment fund when their annual operating budget is a tiny fraction of that amount. That would be number one thing to do. The number two thing, which would really um, send a shot across the bow of the boats of college, is they are not allowed to start collecting on the student debts when the kid graduates until he gets a job in the profession that they were educated in. So that way, you're not going to give them a a major in uh, French literature or history where they never get a job to do anything about it. And and if you call them up, say, hey, you need to start making a payment on this loan, say, well, I can't get a job in this malarkey that you taught me. And as (laughs) soon as I do, I'll start making payments on it. And that would that would straighten out the whole mess of what they um, of what they're selling to our Joe I, I like what you're saying it's also a two-way street I, I guess my question is you know here I am sitting in the the um, you know class learning about absolutely nothing and you know at what point does it fall on me to say what am I doing here and if I'm not getting what I think I'm paying for to say well enough's enough and maybe I should switch things out well, they're sold the promise. You know, when they're sitting in that in that uh, guidance counselor's room being sold a bill of goods, they don't realize what they're going. And a lot of times they don't even get the professor that they signed up for. There's, there's so many lies being told by these people that are selling the loans and selling the classes. And there's no accountability where you can't go back to them and say, you know what, this is not what I, uh, well, you know, this is not on my bill of goods or what I, what I bargained for. And and also you're dealing with a young man that uh, is being sold pipe dreams. So uh, there's a certain amount of aspect that, that they need to be held accountable. But when you're going up against professionals that know how to do this and do it a thousand times a year, uh, they stand little chance of, of uh, getting their money's worth. Yeah. Hey, Joe, thanks for the call. And, I, you know, maybe to Joe's point, maybe – $10,000 per borrower, that's one of the toughest words for me, is a good idea as a one-term fix. Maybe you say, listen, we're going to forgive student debt of people who have it and the people who are in school right now. And then that's it. And then there's no more loans. You want to go to college? You have to pay for it. And that becomes a message to colleges and universities that, hey, we're going to have to make our product something that people can actually afford. Back in the days, like so many people text in, where you could work your way through college and actually pay for it. And we're not just talking about didgeridoo college. (laughs) Things like... That guy would probably be out of a job. Medical school. Well, that's the, you know... 
He's probably retired now. Yeah, so you're good. But that's the hope. I, I don't need, uh, you know, the uh, the world music class that I... No. Don't, I don't even think I learned that much. No. And the book I mean, was it, very expensive. It stuck with you because you didn't learn so much. That's the thing. <laughs> I That knowledge... Um, and I you hand me a recorder right now, I could probably... Like Ron Burgundy, hot cross buns, <laughs> stepping across this table. I could probably whip up a mean tune, uh, but it probably squeezed out some knowledge that might have been helpful, which I'm sure was included in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, but Joe is coming up next. He's in for David. Thanks for listening. Beamer Beamer on WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.